0: than all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Glenn Hallstrom, old man Grognard, DM Glenn, whatever you want to call me. And this is the first episode in what I see as a new venture, but not a new venture. It's a new venture... Um, because I'm doing it by myself. It's not a new venture because I do have some experience doing podcasts. I usually do it with more than one person. But this time, I just thought I'd try it thanks to uh, a friend of mine. And so I'm just going to basically pontificate on role-playing here and other things and read some emails that I got uh, from the Old Man Grognard uh, series. And here, I just find this format a little easier to do, right now, because uh, it's not, not it's not, not I'm going to give up the uh, videos. I mean, I'm still going to do the reviews and things like that. But with the main old man grogner, I kind of ran out of gaming advice to give you. I'm not saying it ran out, but I mean, I've been, you know, it gets a little dry and, you know, you, in that case, you go out and play, see what happens or run things. And so I'm sure I'll have more in the future. The reviews are still going to happen. And this is kind of I don't want to say takes place, but it's kind of an adjunct into everything else I'm doing with Old Man Grognard and Thaco's Hammer and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Because this is kind of what the After Dark videos were doing for me, basically just sitting there talking to you guys reading some emails and just, you know, pontificating, like I said. And so we'll see how far this goes. I don't know how often it's coming out. Some people put it out like daily. I don't know if I could do that. Depends on the time I have. But we'll I'll get it out, as, you know, pretty regular. We'll, we'll, we'll decide on, a, on a, uh, how often pretty soon. And I want to thank, and of course, I want to thank Eric Tinkar for doing this in the first place for giving me the idea. Because that man can put it out daily. He only does about 20 minutes, but hey, that's him. I mean, mine might run 20 minutes, mine might run an hour, I don't know. But thank you, thank you, Eric. Eric Tinker, his blog is uh, Tinker's Tavern at blogspot.com, I believe. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know me, let me explain what I'm all about. I've, I've been, I'll kind of give the Eclipse Notes version of this, because I've done this in like, it seems like everything I've started, it's like, Okay, here's my gaming history. I came from California. I'm from Long Beach. I'm living in Oklahoma City right now. And I've gamed since about 81, 1981. And I started with AD&D First Edition. Went through Second Edition, Third, and stopped at Fourth. Decided to become part of the old school renaissance, which is nice. And I got into some other games too. I spent 12 years playing nothing but Champions play some Warhammer Fantasy role play some Gerbs, you know, the usual stuff. So I've got a pretty well-rounded well rounded experience doing this. When I was going through this, I've tried to figure out what I like and what I didn't like, as usual. Right now, I'm pretty much an old Ragnar playing uh, old-school games, such as uh, whatever edition d up to second edition from basic... I don't do the three red... I don't do the old, like... You know, the original one because I find that one rather confusing. Uh, I start with like, I've played everything from homes up to second edition. Um, my favorite, my sweet spot if I'm playing re- original DD is Rule Cyclopedia Basic D&D. Although there are some things that first I like, I like for about first edition, I like about second edition. I play a second edition game right now, at this as of this recording. As of this recording, we also got a Monday fifth edition game. Now, fifth edition. Okay, fourth, I don't want anything to do with it. It just, it's not my thing. Fifth edition, I've kind of come to terms with it because I know it's doing good in the hobby. It does have some nice things in it. Uh, I will play it. I just won't run it. It just, I don't know. It's First of all, I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to put out for the books. Secondly, it just has stuff. Yeah, it's adaptable. Well, they used to say it was adaptable. Uh, they were trying to make it out as originally as the be all end-all D&D where you can play any kind of game, you know, with minimal, minimal changing and tweaking. But uh, they've kind of backed off on that opinion, which is sorry for me to say. And just there's a lot of stuff in there that it, it, it how shall I say this? They're swinging for the fences, trying to hit everybody. Which I think is a good thing. I remember one of one of the people in in Wats, he said they're trying to make this the family D and D game, the kind of thing where you put the books up there with your Monopoly set, and it's the kind of thing the family plays. And I admire him for that. And there's a lot of stuff where they then they can do just that, but I just there's a lot of you gotta you gotta cut the wheat from the chaff a lot in uh fifth edition some people can do that i'm just not into the you know the the complications that's all i mean i like to keep my my games lean mean and simple i like holes i like some holes in my games where i have to actually make a ruling that's what the dm is for i mean to adjudicate the game yeah but it's uh you know that's what it's for as far as dming goes I pretty much told you what my style is. Kind of lose cinematic is what I call it, because I'm a big movie, but I never... See, the books they inspired, that's great. You know, and I get the feeling of that. I mean, I enjoy, like, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, which is basically a revamped first edition, but at the same time, I like the feel of it. But I've never read the books. I'm not into fantasy literature. I'm not into literature. I mean, I've read, read some of the classics. I love I love Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes, Lewis Carroll... I love Raymond Chandler, but as far as like, you know, fantasy sci-fi, mm, I'd rather go watch a movie. So that's pretty much the way I am. But it does, it does flavor my game, and I, I think that's a good thing. I, I want to talk sometime either on the videos or on here about how to adapt certain movies into games, because there's at least two of them I know of that are good, that, would, that make great scenarios for a game um so that's what i'm let me tell you about what i'm i'm about outside of gaming i'm married to a very lovely woman becky she works for boeing i tend the house clean you know that kind of thing tend the grandkids when they come over some of them play D D, which is great and uh i'm an actor i've been an actor i'm not a big actor i also draw i do karaoke i sing uh, as far as my acting goes, that really creeps into my in fact, that's why I love role playing because like I can play different characters, which is nice uh, I wouldn't call myself a frustrated actor because I do act I do you know community theater and I do projects and productions that come up when they suit my i'm sixty one so it's like I'm gotten a lot of a lot pick but I have had some good roles in the past few years. And it's funny because I got into role-playing for something to do between shows. And now it's the other way around. Um, I do go to the North Texas RPG Con every year. This year is going to be 10th anniversary. I'm going to be there. comes in about a week and a half as of this recording. And um, that's what I do. So I'm not a frustrated actor. But I do use a lot of my acting training in role-playing games. Especially if I'm DMing. Um... I think if you want to call me something like that, if you want to call me something, I'm a frustrated, what, what I am is a frustrated talk show host. I'd love to do a talk show. That'd be fun. That's why I'm doing this, talking to you. And um, as far as I'm concerned, as far as going the games, uh, my philosophy is the game, what happens at the table? All your prep in the world is great. That's for you. That's for you. Not the game, not the players. That's for you to help run a good game. But the game is what happens to the players. They say no game ever survives contact with the players. And that's right. And I think that's a strength. I think that's a good thing. Because I've had some of my best moments come out where they pull something out of left field and I just roll with it. And we just have so much fun. You know, if it ain't... And, and somehow I, got, I get the scenario done. You know, I'm not railroading. I don't railroad. It's just that I, I've gotten better at thinking on my feet in that respect. See, to me, that the DM isn't God or the world. Well, it couldn't be the world, but I mean, to me, since this is a tabletop game, they are the players. The DM is the board. Look at a Monopoly board. Look at a game of Life board. Look at something like that sometimes. And you'll see the board, you know, okay, go back three spaces. uh, Pass go, collect 200 bucks. Go directly to jail. Things like that. You know, that's what the board does it tells you what happens when you roll the dice. Well, that's the DM's idea. That's the DM's part. And there's nothing wrong with that, really. So, I just take an attitude: as I'm the board. If the board has to change depending on what the the players do, then so be it. I mean, this is a unique thing. I mean, I'm the board, but I'm a very flexible board. You know, the game scenario is the board's instructions which may change if they want if somebody said oh i just want to go get right out of jail and go to go to go and get two hundred dollars you can't do that in monopoly the dm board you can try that and see if it happens but anyway That's my pretty much philosophy and what I'm all about. And um, since I didn't really have kind of a topic today, I pulled out a couple of emails I got from from OldManGrognar.com. Great place to send stuff to, you know. You know, if you have any questions, things like that. But I'll get to that at the end of the show. Anyway, I got one recently from a guy named Blackthorn P. And he says. I just found your channel, sir. I love your style and reviews. I'm just a young guy looking to get into RPGs. Would you happen to be able to recommend a few of your favorites that might work for me? I'll also be GMing. Thank you and keep up your content. I'm starting out with one or two players, but I'm open to the idea of games that might need more players or ways to play them with less. Okay. First of all, You know, this is going to be a bias, but that's okay. It's a good bias. Uh, Well, yeah, me saying that. Uh, But I would recommend if you're just getting into it, fifth edition isn't bad, but it's, to me, it's kind of daunting. Even for an old grog like me, it's kind of daunting. Um, if I was just stepping into it, that's like stepping in the deep end of a pool, even though they say it's not like that, it will walk you through stuff, but I'm the kind of guy who doesn't like all these decisions I have to make. It'll handhold you. Yes. Depending on your style. I mean, you may like the complication, so I'm not going to poo poo it, but that's not where I would start. I would start with something like Swords and Wizardry Light. It's a f- complete game, up to third level in four pages. You can get it Swords... Go to the Swords and Wizardry website. You can find it. Um, if you, uh, if you uh, email a guy named Mike Badalotto, also known as Bad Mike, badmike at ntrpg.com. he is the president of the uh, Swords and Wizardry Legion, and he will send you a Swords and Wizardry Light for free. As many as you need. And that's an easy way to get into it. Swords of Wizardry is a good game. It's it's what you call it's one of those which you call retro clones. I also am partial to Labyrinth Lord because that is BX clone that is easier to get into. There, See, the thing about clones is they're better written and better organized than most of the originals um, with a few exceptions. I would find a copy of, or maybe you might start to try uh, Rule Cyclopedia D&D, which is basic D&D. They've just started, this was published like in the mid-90s or early 90s. And so it was a rare find. I've got a copy, but you can get a print-on-demand at uh, Drive Thru RPG or RPG Now. And they will do a print-on-demand. That's another way to go. The best way to go for me, um, it's more the most economical way to go, is a game called Basic Fantasy. Basic Fantasy is a retro clone of... D. uh it's kind of a m- little mishmash with basic D with some like advanced money stuff in it like they do separate race and class things like that if that's a big thing for you now if i'm hope i'm not throwing a lot of stuff at you right away but basic fantasy you can go online just google it the rpg and all of its supplements and world uh, books are free on pdf absolutely free if you buy them, you want print copies, you can get those at RPG now or DriveThruRPG RPG or Lulu, uh, they will charge you cost. so you can get the main book for like five, six bucks. And it's a complete system too. It's got everything you need in it. And it really it, it, and it's pretty straightforward too. That's that's easy to do. Uh, if you're going in for supers, I'll, I'll always recommend champions. But there's other supers out there that are a little easier because Champions is math, big, big math-based. I mean, you know, it, the principles are simple: add, subtract, multiply, and divide. But people get kind of like they get squirrely about uh, having having to do a lot of math, math like that. Not a lot, but I mean, it, to me, it's frustrating because uh, I, I don't like having to like stat out every single thing I need. <laughs> like Pathfinder. Pathfinder is another way to go. That was, uh, that was they basically took third edition D D, 35 edition D, and they spun it off. Um and, but they've got it so much more complicated. You use a lot of books to, to play it. So I I really wouldn't recommend that to a to a uh, to a neophyte. Now you say you're starting with one or two players, but I'm open to the idea of games That might need more, more. Now, more ways to play them with less. One thing I would recommend, um, I cannot remember his name, but there is a a, uh, PDF out there that's pretty cheap on drive-thru and RPG now called Solo Heroes. It shows you how to play like class and level D&D type games with one person. And it just sh- takes you through. There's like three or four points you just got to change, and it, you can do it. You know, it's it's really easy. Anyway, uh, Blackthorn, I hope I answered your question. Uh, keep listening, and keep sending them in. Now, my next one is from a guy named. This is this goes back a ways. I meant doing this on a on a uh, old man grognard after dark, but I never did another one. So let me address M W B W. And he has uh, a couple of questions. He says, hi, Glenn. I love your videos. Thank you. I'm one of the odd younger people who prefers the old school experience, despite not even having been bored when most of the stuff came out. Fortunately, I've managed to hook a couple of friends with Lamentations of the Flame Princess. I'm sorry. No, I'm, uh, Lamentations is a, a good game. It's, it's a good game. It's just not my style. But hey, you do what you're going to do. I am hoping to switch into a slightly modernized version of me eventually. Um, and I'm writing today because I have two questions that an experienced veteran might be able to help with. Well, as soon as we find one around here, I'll let you know. I mean, uh, let me let me uh, I'll go ahead and answer that Question number one. How on earth do you actually use dungeon turns? At least half of the old school games on my shelf discuss using turns to actually move around and explore a dungeon. And they are almost always associated with specific movement rate, which apparently takes roughly 10 minutes to perform. Almost nothing is given about how to actually use this at the table. I feel like this is one of those things which would be totally obvious to people who actually got to play games in person and back in the day, but to someone with no experience actually doing this, it sounds bizarre. How on earth am I, as the DM, supposed to track the movements of four player characters to determine when they have used up their 120 feet or whatever? How am I supposed to sell the concept to the players as something other than bookkeeping? Well, guess what? It is bookkeeping. But it's not your bookkeeping, it's theirs. Every character has a movement rate. And... Most, if not all, of the mats or grids that I use are the dungeons, uh, we deal with five-foot squares. About six, six square, 60 squares, which is a heck of a lot. Now, you're talking about feet per turn. I hand wave the thing, you know? Unless you're in combat, um, I let them go... As far as they need to go in exploring something or doing something like that. Or this is a great, this is an excellent opportunity to flex your GM muscles. Because they say, uh, okay, I've got a lantern. I shine it. How many feet do I see? Well, you look up the book, it may say a lantern cast X number of feet ahead. Or it may not. But just, you know, spitball it, eyeball it. Think, think about in the in the real world how far it would go or something like that. I'd just give it all oh, you can see like uh twenty feet ahead of you, which is four hex four squares or something like that, or if they're or if they're doing something clever, that's the point where you go, okay, you want to do what okay, you can either describe what they're doing, let them do it or Not let them do it, or make have make a roll. See how well see how well they did. See, I'm getting into more of the like the yes and complications area because that came out of things like Dungeon World and Fate. Because basically, you never say no to a player. If they blow a roll, you give them a complication with whatever happened. It could be slight. It could be severe. But that's for another day. Anyway, like I said, that's that's the kind of thing the GM, the DM has to go, hmm, okay, uh, four hexes ahead. So, and what I would do is then write it down behind my screen, and say, okay, from now on a lantern casts, you know, what I say, twenty feet ahead, okay, that kind of thing. Um, he wants to walk over to that bush. And string something along the road to the other bush. Let him, you know. Unless you're in combat, you don't have to worry about it, really. I mean, there are certain story, you know. You might have something in your scenario and say, okay, if they get this point, this happens, like okay, he steps on this thing, a trap will open up, or something like that, you know. But that's in the scenario. But th- for the most part, just they have each character has a, a uh, so many feet they can move. Usually, it's about thirty or forty. Maybe sixty if they're running, but that's about that's what you do anyway. That's how I that's how I do it. I hope that helps you. And he says, question number two: thoughts on monster characters. Although my group generally enjoys the rules given for Basic D anD D, they tend not to like the concept of race as class. I'm aware of the fact that Basic Fantasy separates these in a style more like AD anD D, but I personally do not find it find that to be a particularly interesting uh, getting these sentences screwed up today ideally i would like a system which gives the full experience of playing a monster and the awesome potential benefits of combining a monster in a class but in a way that is going to provide an enjoyable experience for everyone after reading pc3 the sea people i took note of how the stronger racist classes are used all use negative experience levels to balance balance them out So the idea dawned on me. Monsters start as level 0 with negative experience, a single hit die, saves as a level 1 for listed class increased by 2 and only upon paying the experience debt do they get to choose a class. The idea here is to provide a monster character with an experience where they can only rely upon their natural abilities, all with the fragility that comes with being a low-level basic D&D character, but which rewards the player with a more powerful class character once they reach level one. High risk, high reward. Basically, I want to know, is this the worst idea you've ever heard in your life? And second, has anyone done this idea well already? Funny you should ask that. First of all, I think you're on the right track if you want to do Monster Races class. Uh, the experience debt I can see. That, that's nobody. Um I know you read the CP Creatures Crucible. CP people, um, take a look at Top Ballista, because they got a lot of different characters in there, and show them how to play as a class. That's where you'll find gnomes for basic. But I have a suggestion. There's a game out there right now, that is a clone of the Holmes edition. D&D, and it's called Blue Home, B-L-U-E-H-O-L-M-E, and the Blue Home uh, Journeyman Edition is what you want. You can find it at Drive-Thru RPG or RPG Now. You can also get print copies. Um, what he did what the the author did, I should say, I gotta start learning these people's names or at least looking at the damn thing anyway um i he he does he does um, he takes a concept from Holmes and he runs with it in 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 a way that he elaborates on it. What he did was it's basic d and d he gave you classes, but he didn't give you races because he said what you want to play, go into the creature section and pick what you want to play. Now you're also going to find elves and dwarves and gnomes and halflings and half orcs and things like that. But in the creature section, there is like a one and a half, two page um, essay part shows you how to play monsters, monsters class. And I would get that. I would, it would behoove you to get that. And it would go a long way to making this a, a uh, long way to making this a reality for you. You're on the right track, but I would, it, once again, it's blue home journeyman rules and take a look at, take a look at that section in the thing. I think it'll, I think it'll really help you really. Um, So, thank you, MWBW. I'm glad I finally got to your email. And uh, that is it for the emails. Um, Looks like I'm running about 30 minutes right now. So, I'm going to cut it out today. And we will uh, see you guys again, of course. And until then, keep the dice warm. And uh, I'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye.